going to be looking at Malachi uh, chapter 2. I've got down here verse 1 to 9. We probably will get past the first couple of verses. And then I will have a few um, questions for discussion afterwards. So we can go through that and have a look at it. Um, before we do, um, would somebody like to read um, Malachi 2 verse 1 through to 9 for us? Don't be shy. I can read them books out of the Living Bible. That's fine. Is that alright? Yeah, it's okay. Listen, you priests, to this warning from the Lord Almighty. If you don't change your ways and give glory to my name, then I will send terrible punishment upon you. And instead of giving you blessings, as I would like to, I will turn on you with curses. Indeed, I have cursed you already, because you haven't taken seriously the things that are most important to me. Take note that I will rebuke your children, and I will spread on your faces the manure of these animals you offer me, and throw you out like dung. Then, at last, you will know it was I who sent you this warning to return to the laws I gave your father Levi, says the Lord Almighty. The purpose of these laws was to give him life and peace, to be a means of showing his respect and awe for me by keeping them. He passed on to the people all the truth he got from me. He did not lie or cheat. He walked with me, living a good and righteous life, and turned many from their lives of sin. Priests' lips should flow with the knowledge of God, so the people will learn God's laws. The priests are the messengers of the Lord Almighty, and men should come to them for guidance, but not to you. For you have left God's paths. Your guidance has caused many to stumble in sin. You have distorted the covenant of Levi <coughs> and made it into a grotesque parody, says the Lord Almighty. Therefore, I have made you contemptible in the eyes of all the people, for you have not obeyed me, but you let your favourites break the law without rebuke. Thank you, Dave. Did you just comment on something? Father, we pray that we would understand what this passage means for us today. I pray you give us wisdom. I pray you give us that wisdom as you lead us, Lord. That we would uh, honour you with the way that we respond to what we're reading here. Amen. Amen. Now, you probably uh, realise this book is the last book in the Old Testament, and there's a 400 year gap before the New Testament. So what's being said here is important because it explains to us the state that God's people are in and they're so close to having that promise fulfilled of the Messiah and yet they're so far away from God they're not really prepared and ready. Now just to have a quick recap and if you keep your Bibles open and in say chapter 1 verse 1 to 5 the people are doubting that God loves them. Now remember that they're doubting God's love. I loved you, says the Lord. And they say, have you loved us? And then God goes on and he shows them in the response that he gives, which is telling them how he loves them. 
and how he has loved them and how he'll continue to love them but they continue to show contempt for him now we looked at that word last time the word contempt the feeling that a person or a thing is worthless or beneath consideration so in their present state the people they've forgotten what the lord has done in the past for their nation this is the nation of israel and they no longer acknowledge what the lord was actually doing for them in their dark day in their present time and this is the thing keep this in mind what the lord was doing for them is so important because what he was doing for them is so that god could do the things that he had planned for you and i for us that's the bigger part of god's plan and these people we said before and these are a piece in the jigsaw and we are part of that jigsaw so it's all linked together and a phrase that we often hear today is that christianity is being marginalized now that's not a new thing it is to us in our country now and it is happening that means that the authorities not just the people but the authorities the laws things are sort of going against christianity god is being ignored and this is how the people in the days of malachi were treating god they had pushed him to one side and when you come through to chapter 1 verse 6 through to 14 what we have there is blatant disregard for god's ways now you see this in the text it is blatant disregard they know god they know about god but they're deliberately disregarding him and the people show no honor they show no respect and this causes god to say to them all you do is show contempt get this bit to my name and last time we looked at the importance of god's name and god then goes on and he says and this is verse 6 of chapter 1 it is you priests who show contempt for my name so he's actually identifying them it is you priests who are showing contempt for my name and all the people were doing the same thing the lord rebukes them and as he rebukes them he offers all of them an opportunity to repent and through the words of malachi he says now plead with god to be gracious to us now notice how malachi he is god's man he is right with god but he's identifying himself with the people who have moved away from god he doesn't see himself as being above them he is the messenger to them he loves them and he comes with that love of god and so he speaks these words and he includes himself and he says now plead with god he wants god to be gracious not just to you to us he recognizes his own position before god and then we come to chapter two and we see there in verse one to nine uh, quite a big passage and we're not going to go right through that we're just going to touch the surface but it's a warning given to the priests and there's some terrible illustrations in there and we will look at them you know that they are horrendous and they should abhor us and that's what they're there for verse one and now you priests this warning is for you 
If you don't listen, and if you do not resolve to honour my name, says the Lord Almighty, I will send a curse on you, and I will curse your blessings. Yes, I've already cursed them, because you have not resolved to honour me. Strong words. That's because strong words are needed. And here the Lord gives them a stern warning as he tells them that refusing his offer to repent, he will bring dire consequences on both the priests and the people. You see, the priests, they were not teaching the Lord's commands. They were not teaching the people how to approach God. And they themselves were openly bringing God's law and taking God's law and then breaking God's law. They were twisting it to suit themselves, to suit their present situation. And they purposely decided not to honour God in the way that God deemed he should be honoured. Now, now get a hold of that because that's important. This is the whole theme of what's happening here. They're not honouring God. The result of this was that they were bringing disgrace on God's name as they were doing the things they were doing in God's name. You see, that's the, the big problem here. It's a problem anyway to ignore God but to actually do things in the name of God, but not give God the honour, not to respect God, and then to do those things in the way that God doesn't want you to be doing them. They showed no respect for God. They didn't recognise his power. They didn't recognise his holiness. Instead of giving God the glory, they were corrupting his name. We use the phrase, you know, don't take the Lord's name in vain. We always think, don't use it as a swear word, but that's only the surface. It's deeper than that. That's not the only way that, that we, we corrupt God's name. And I like looking at uh, words in the dictionary and seeing what they mean, because I think we get better understanding. We get too familiar with words. We throw them about too much. Corruption is what the dictionary says. The process, process by which a word or expression, I get that, a word or expression is changed from its original state to one regarded as being debased. What they're doing, they're taking God's name and it becomes debased. Would you like it if somebody used your name like that? You'd want to stop them, wouldn't you? You know. This is what they're doing. They're doing to God's name. What are they doing? They're misinterpreting it. They're misrepresenting it. So that other people see it as being what it isn't really. And what they're doing, they're misinterpreting and misrepresenting his character and his reputation. In other words, they're just completely destroying who God is in their eyes and in the eyes of the other nations around who are looking on. The ones who are allowing this to happen, now this is important as well, the ones who are allowing this to happen are those who have been given the responsibility of leading the people. 
both spiritually and morally. Get that. You know, life, the whole of life, is included here. Spiritually, how you approach God, and morally, how you live your life, influence over the people. And these are the priests. They're accepting, this is what the priests are doing, they are accepting the offerings that the people bring. And these offerings are defiled, and they know that. So the first thing they're doing wrong is they're accepting them. And then the second thing is they take them as defiled sacrifices and they offer them to God. So this is evidence that their hearts were not in what they were doing. They were going through the motions of worship, but they weren't worshipping. Get a hold of that. They were going through the motions of worship, but in God's eyes, they weren't worshipping him at all. It's like Cain's sacrifice. You know, he thought he was worshipping God and offering to God, and God said, no, no, no. And we see that in Revelations, one of the churches. I won't tell you which one of the churches, but you can look later and see which of the seven churches was told. You know, look, you're, you're lukewarm. You're not doing it right. Your heart's not in it. And God said to them, I'll spit you out of my mouth. It's not acceptable. When the living word of God entered this world in Bethlehem, it was a world that was misusing the written word of God. Now, get that right. When Jesus was born, the religious leaders, they were misusing the law, the written word of God. That's why Jesus had all these problems with the Pharisees and the Sadducees and these so-called religious people. They weren't teaching the people God's ways. The result being that the authorities went on to abuse the living word of God. Get that? They weren't keeping to the written word of God. And when Jesus came, the living word of God, they abused him. And just like the people in the days of Malachi, God's people in Jerusalem and Judea would not listen to God. Now get over that phrase. Because this is the centre point, if you like, on the little passage that we're looking at this evening, they would not listen to God. It's a bit like today, isn't it? In fact, it's a lot like today. Jesus said to them, yeah, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. That's Matthew chapter 6, verse 21. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Let me turn that around a little bit and put it this way. Where your heart is will reveal where your treasure really is. Yeah? That's what God's saying. Where your heart is, that reveals where your treasure is. And God is saying, you're not, your heart is not in worshipping me. It's looking after yourself. It's doing things the way you want to do it, and you're doing them for your benefit, not for God. Malachi 2 verse 2. If you do not listen, that's it, 
to the importance of listening to you. If you do not listen, not to listen to God, is to turn away from him. And the result is that they would suffer. They've been told that. They would suffer the consequences of their actions of not listening to God. The condemnation that they were under had already started. We read in that first verse, yes, I have already cursed them. That then, that is their blessings. They were coming to God with sacrifices and expecting blessings. But their heart wasn't in it. And they were bringing sacrifices that defiled and misaligned God's name. And God was already defiling God because of those defiled sacrifices. He's already cursed their blessings. I don't want it. I don't want it. It's already started. It's not something that's going to happen. It's just going to get worse. And God's telling them that. He said, look, you already know that you're not doing it right by the reaction that you're getting. You're not being blessed. You're asking for blessings. You're expecting for blessings. You're not getting blessings. They're already suffering the results of their actions. But there is a still an opportunity to repent. Do you get that? There's still an Why? Because God loves them. But they can't see it. They've already said, how do you love us? God, I'm showing you, how do you love us? You said that. Children say that to the parents sometimes, don't they? When they don't get their own way. You don't love me. If you did, you'd let me sit up all night and play on the uh, games. Yeah, yeah. Malachi is speaking to people who know from their past history that God is true to his word. These are not ignorant people. They know God's word. They are supposedly practicing God's word, but doing it not the way they should, but in the way they think they should, and the way they want to, still happens today. <clears throat> and he's speaking to these people. They know their past history. They know that God is honest, that God is truth. He's true to his word. And they know what will happen if they refuse to repent because he's told them. But they also know from their nation's history. The nation, in times of disobedience, suffered the consequences of not listening to the Lord. And he warned them what would be the results of their actions. We could go right through the Old Testament. Just going to look at two, uh, not three, I'll look at three. Uh, little passages, I'll read them to you. Leviticus 26, verse 16. This is when the people are moving away from God. Then I will do this to you. I will bring on you sudden terror, wasting diseases and fever that will destroy your sight, sap your strength, and you will plant seed in vain because your enemies will eat it. This is the punishment that God delivered on his people in Leviticus. Deuteronomy 28, verse 20. The Lord will send on you curses, confusion, and rebuking everything you put your hands in until you are destroyed and come to sudden ruin because of the evil you have done in forsaking him. These things are all done with a view to restoration because he's preserving his people, preserving them 
so that you and I could sit round here tonight and we could carry on in the, the, the plan that God has for all people from time to, to eternity. Haggai, getting a bit closer, aren't we? Haggai, Malachi, you know, we're nearly to the end. People are still needing these warnings. Now this is what the Lord Almighty says, give careful thought to your ways. You've planted much, but harvested little. You eat, but never have enough. You drink, but never have your fill. You put on clothes, but are not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. These are the people who finished up in Babylon. Yeah? But God brought them out of Babylon. And these are the people, the descendants of those who God brought out of Babylon. Giving them the opportunity to rebuild Jerusalem, to rebuild the temple, to re-establish the pathway for the Messiah. That's what it's about. It's not about them. It's about the Messiah. They are God's chosen people. And now the Lord is saying to them, you're on this road to destruction, like your forefathers, who suffered at the hands of the Babylonians. Why? Because they refused to heed my words. So listen to me and turn from your godless ways and turn back to the Lord. This was all happening under the old covenant, which was the promise of the Messiah. That's what they were looking forward to. That's what they had been promised. It hasn't happened yet. And in some ways they were losing heart. They were looking away, looking away too far. In spite of their unfaithfulness, in spite of their failings, in spite of the unfaithfulness of the whole nation of Israel, through right the way through from, from Moses coming out of Egypt, going through the wilderness, going into the promised land. There are all these times when they were not faithful to God and God had to deal with it. But despite and in spite of all that, God's chosen people would be those to whom the promise of the Messiah was delivered. In Matthew 1 verse 21, we read that the angel of the Lord said to Joseph, now listen to these words, she, that is Mary, she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Not just his people. His people will then go on and take that message to the rest of the world. The apostles, uh, Israelites, they were Jewish people, and the gospel came through them. So what we're looking at, this is the here, I've just referred to, is the Old Testament promise being fulfilled. You get that? The Old Testament promise was fulfilled when Jesus came. Those people didn't see it, these were looking at in the days of Malachi. But it was there, and it was going to come, and it was a certainty. We have a certain promise that Jesus will return. Are we a little bit like 
these people in Asia Malachi. When Jesus came, his people, the Jewish nation, still refused to listen. But for those who did, repentance brought salvation. Now I want to just go into the New Testament in a few moments and I want to refer to two parables that you're very well aware of. I'm sure you know them inside out, upside down. I just want you to take something from these two parables. What did I say that the, the central theme of this, what we're doing this evening, is not listening to God? And it's the same thing when you come into the New Testament. And it's the same thing in our day. And it will be the same thing in days after us until Jesus returns. That people will not listen. And the gospel is a simple gospel. A gospel that is so simple it can be understood and accepted by children. But so profound. So profound. It's so deep that you know, and it's like you know the love of God. Was it so high you can't get over it, so wide you can't go around it, so deep you can't go under it? But you're getting it. That's good. You know, it's like the bats in it. You can get in the deep, deep shallow end, but you're in the water. Yeah, you see all those great swimmers and men up at the front doing all this fancy stuff. But you're still in the water. You get that? And it's not not too hard to go down those steps. And when you get in, uh, it only gets better. But it also gets harder and maybe the works a bit more because those people who can do you know 20 30 40 lengths that didn't happen overnight in a lot of cases it happened during the night early hours of the morning when the bats were empty so there's a little bit but to these two parables right the first one is the wise and foolish building you know the wise man built his house on the rock luke 6 47 48 and going to as for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and put them into practice, I will show you what they are like. They're like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundations on rock. And when the flood came, the torrent struck the house but could not shake it because it was well built. Simple story. Simple parable. Then it goes on. But to the one who hears my words, notice this, both hear God's words. Yeah? Both hear God's words. Get hold of that. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. And the moment the torrent struck, that house, it collapsed. And its destruction was complete. Second parable, Matthew 13, in his gospel, after telling the people the parable of the sower, Jesus said to them, whoever has ears, let them hear. That's Matthew 13, verse 9. After telling the parable, whoever has ears, and we've all got ears, he says, let them hear. Now, he didn't just mean, he meant, Listen intently and understand. You know, we've all been, I mean, it happens, doesn't it? I listened to Stella, I thought I was here. <laughs> of course I've heard her, but I, I'm too busy reading something else. And I have to say, 
And if I don't say what was that, she'll say, you're not listening. <laughs> I am listening, but I'm not listening. See the difference? Big difference here. He said, whoever has ears, let them hear. And when asked by the disciples, when they pulled him to one side, they said, hey, tell us something. Why do you speak in parables? Good question. They, they understood all this, you know. Why, why, why is it you speak in parables? For this people's hearts have become callous. That's what he said. For this people's hearts have become callous. They hardly hear with their ears and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn and I would hear them. Understand with their hearts. That's the important bit. That's what these so-called religious leaders in the days of Malachi were not doing. They were not doing it with their hearts. The hearts of the people in the days of Malachi have become callous. I think the hearts of the people in the days of you and me have become callous, particularly in this country. It was once recognised as being a Christian country, but now no longer. That word callous, again. It's good to think about this. We just say it, don't we? They became callous. Hang on. Callousness. It's a process that results in overexposure to things that remove feeling. Get that? The result of overexposure to things that reduce feeling and in the case of what we're looking at today it's not being able to feel the presence of God and that happened to these people over the process as other things came in so what we've got one of this two verses of what we're, we're going to look at we've got a word for the world today general word and the word is well three words listen to God a word for the church today because this was leveled at the religious leaders listen to God the phrase that word we went through the book of Revelation and that phrase that is repeated right throughout that book whoever has ears let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. 